You're listening to Siren Radio at that special time of the week for me and the guest I'm going to introduce in a minute. It is, to give you a time check, a quarter to four on Thursday, the 10th of March. And what I'm going to say is, as I usually do at this time, fingers crossed, all the electronics and the wire, either the one going underneath the North Atlantic or maybe bouncing off satellites, will connect us to the man cave in Los Angeles where we find a man wearing a huge t-shirt that says world gym it must be the amazingness that is Bruce K Rosenblum I hope it's you no it's not it's somebody no, it's else a, it's somebody else wearing your clothes somebody else is wearing my clothes and taking my likeness without my permission absolutely terrible now you I well we we do a bit of pre stuff and we've decided this week and the reason will become obvious in a bit that we haven't really done the pre chat but you showed me something from your uh, your backyard um which may be causing you grief because yes. you you found what it looked to me like little piles of um uh, stuff that little ants might have thrown out, but you think it's a bit darker than that. Uh, I mean, it could be just ants. It could be ant holes. <laughs> it's an ant holes. <laughs> yes. Or it could be subterranean termites with the, because it looks like the little poop piles of termite poop that we had. Subterranean uh, we had termites. Yeah, subterranean. Oh. They, they start outside, they go underneath the ground, and then they come up. Was that uh, what what crept out of your woodwork a couple of no, months that was, back? That was, was a that... Real term, that was a real wood-eating termite the last time in the house. Oh. <laughs> but these are the subterraneans that go, they attack from the perimeter of your house. They go under the into the soil, and then they dig they, they tunnel, and they come up towards the light, and then they start to, like, march in, in lines of, it's really weird how it works. Do you know, it, do you know what you just it, reminded me of? Do you remember the cartoon Tom and Jerry? Yes. Brilliant cartoons uh, directed by Fred Quimby. And I always remember it right at the end because he did this thing with ants marching in time and they would bounce. And the dog and the cat and the mouse would be bounced along because these and it sounds like you're describing that. that They're saying, hey, Bruce has had his woodwork done. Let's see what it tastes like now. Boom, boom, boom. And in they go. Yeah, but these don't, for whatever reason, these don't, the the subterraneans aren't the wood eaters. It's the wood eater ones that are the... Wood eaters. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Uh, yeah. so, so I don't know. So I took a picture of it and I'll send Indeed. it to the termite guy and say, what do you think this is going on here? Do we need to put these little chemical pods in the ground around the house to it, circumvent it, them from coming in? Not, if it's not one thing, it's another, isn't it? It's always something. You know, when you live in an area like we're in, which is a very old area of the San Fernando Valley, and it was a very wooded area. That's why it's called Woodland Hills. Ah, uh, clue is in the title. Because of all the trees and everything. And it's, uh, yes, and it's the same uh, neighborhood where you're, where our, uh, for, I guess, the former princess, uh, Megan, grew up. <laughs> so she probably had, her family probably dealt with this problem when they were here two years ago. I but, can, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can remember, though, you showed me, let's, let's being serious now and, and trying yeah. to turn it back into a serious, politically incisive program, which is not going to be this week for obvious reasons. In a minute, we'll tell That's you why. The week after that. <laughs> um, what's, what I remember is you showed me, I'm sure, pictures of the area where your house is. And in fact, the whole area up the what, what are the, the motorway is, um, right. it's just being farmland. Yeah. And within, yeah, limit, in, within living memory. Right. Well, the San Fernando Valley was like the last bastion of um, land out here that was undeveloped uh, pre-World War II. 
what had happened was they started building military bases out this way because there was so much land and, and they could train and, and, uh, and, and, and the armed forces could do whatever they need. They set up strategic, uh, bases and things out here. Um, if we traveled in, you know, we could travel up the coast to Point Magoo to the naval base up there. We could go to Lancaster to Edwards Air Force Base. We could, you know, there's pl- plenty of bases. The Marine Base in, in Yermo, which is on, you know, kind of halfway between here and Las Vegas, you know, there's places that they set up. All these, you know, 29 Palms was a, a military base out there. Too. Very well, very well. So, so what happened was a lot of these guys, um, that were on the East Coast, during World War II and even even Korea, for that matter, we would get stationed out here and they'd write home and say, hey, mom, dad, we have to invest in land in, in, in California. I mean, it, it's, it's it's totally undeveloped and it's it's really a land of opportunity. And and that's kind of what happened. Um, the, the, these GIs, after they came home from the war or after their time in the service, moved out west and started investing lots of money in land and real estate. And a lot of the, and a lot of the Hollywood uh, Hollywood types that were making big money, um, Bob Hope, William Bendix, um, uh, Jack Oakey, um, Clark, I mean even Clark Gable. I mean there's a lot of big big stars, and and they bought up Art Linkletter. They bought up lots of land in not only in the, in the San Fernando Valley, but in the outlying areas too, all the way from the, from the inland areas to the beaches. And they became, they became, and then they started developing shopping centers and ah, right. shopping centers and auto dealerships. And, and all of a sudden an area that was really known for farming, especially in the San Fernando Valley where we are, there were lots of farms in the area. There were a lot of chicken farms. I remember as a little boy when we moved to California, the area was still mainly undeveloped, and my neighborhood was would, was a parcel of land that was that was subdivided. It was owned by a guy that that was a retired police officer who was on who had received a big settlement for being shot while on the job. And he had goats and horses, and and he lived behind us, but our but he sold all the land around him, and they built tract homes. And we had a, um, there was a woman that had a horse farm that subdivided and she still raised her horses, but they had orange groves and avocados and, um, chicken farms. My, when I was a little boy, my grandfather had a little, uh, delicatessen in one of the, in one of the shopping centers. And we used to go all the way up the street called Zelza Avenue, which, which went all the way up into the hills and we'd get farm fresh eggs from, we'd watch the, Chickens would be laying the eggs, and my grandfather would would pay the the farmer for the eggs. And even when my aunt and uncles moved out, um, I had an uncle whose two sons were in the army, and they said, "Dad, you got to they got to invest." So they did, and they built they they bought up lots of land in the palm in Palm Springs, and um, and his and it was um, my my grandmother's had eleven brothers and sisters, so. Some of them went to Palm Springs. Some of them came to the valley. And the ones that came to the valley, they, they, they bought big parcels of land and they built their homes next to each other. So they had adjoining homes and in between the homes, they put a big swimming pool in. And it was really interesting what, what they did. And they had chicken coops and plum trees and, and apple trees and orange trees in their yard. And it was growing up. It was really, it was like the place to go every weekend to go swimming and to just, play with the farm animals that they had on the property. 
but over time, as everything as everything does, um, it, it all gets torn down and and, and and buildings go up in its place, and that and that's kind of what happened. So, you were this was a very rich farming community and agricultural area. It's now the only um, orange grove is that around Cal State Northridge. It was built in the middle of a, an orange grove, and it, it's protected by the historical society now. They're they're the the orange groves at Cal State Northridge are all part of the historical society. You, so you That's can't, can't take them down, but it's really the only ones left. But there's really very few hints of what the San Fernando Valley once was, you know, like post World War II, um, when it was mainly farmland, and now it's all very suburban Absolutely. shopping centers, auto dealerships, mini malls, you name it. It's it's very few signs of of an agricultural era that once was. So it's no, it's no surprise being serious that there are things underneath under the ground that, that yeah. eventually want to come back up saying, why have you done all this concrete yeah. stuff? When and we used it, to be here, we could roam free. Yeah. And we've upset the balance of nature around here because, you know, the building is still going on. And what we find is at night, you know, we have the, the ring security camera around our house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at all hours of the night, it goes off. And and because we're so wooded and we have so many trees, as you know, in our neighborhood, at night it's not surprising to have families of raccoons come by and walk across our roof or um, possum. Just say, hang on a minute. Just say that again. Raccoons on your roof? Yeah, we have lots of raccoons on the roof. That's um, unbelievable. And they, they scrounge from house to house. And uh, we don't know where they're coming from, but it, but they're around. We have uh, coyote, lots of coyotes come at night. Um, so the neighborhood cats and the small dogs must be inside or they disappear. But we have lots of coyotes. We have um, mountain lions. We have um, bobcats, raccoons, squirrels. Um, I saw a beautiful um, red-tailed hawk flying the other oh, day yes. our house with a gigantic wingspan. And the only time I'd ever seen a hawk really up close, and it turned out that we, we did some research on what we saw, and it was a golden northern harrier. And this thing was gigantic. Hmm. And, came, and it was in a big tree at the motion picture home across from the Starbucks. Yep. And I saw, the, we, Jackie and I were walking, and we saw this branch moving. And it was, you know, I, I stopped, and I took my, my phone camera out and started taking pictures. And it was just a, a big hawk enjoying a piece of rabbit. And it was, um, you know, it was doing its thing, you know, just, you know, chomping down. Just, had probably just caught it, and um, and then it it saw us, and I think it got spooked by us, and it started to fly towards us, and it, it was a scary moment because we didn't yeah. know really what to do, as this thing flew at us, and then so we kind of just ducked behind a tree uh, that was off the sidewalk, and then it kind of made a left bank and and, and flew up up the main street. Now so you, when it you've, flew you've out, just, it, was, it was huge. I have. I'll send you a photo of it. I still have. Well, it. Lovely. I, I love raptors, um, and I can. Where we are in Lincolnshire, there are a huge number of them. They, they've uh, they were dying out. They were being poisoned, and they are absolutely beautiful. And they're they're essential to the whole ecosystem um, because it's at various levels. Round here, we have a huge number of what they're called buzzards, which are um, they look eagle-like, they look raptor-like. They are, but they they're, they're not quite as pretty. We have a thing called um, you called it a red uh, what it was a red-tailed kite? Did you or a red red-tailed hawk? Red, we call it. I think we call it um, a red 
a red kite. I think they're, they're the same genus. And they are absolutely beautiful. And they have a, a, a very distinctive tail, which when they're in flight looks, you, you cannot, um, you, you cannot miss it. It has a, a square of tail. And they are just utterly wonderful. Um, and I love watching in the summer. You probably have more difficulty um, where you are. But when we're out walking, you can see them wheeling using the summer thermals, just barely flapping their wings, but just using the feathers right at the end to catch the breeze. And they go up thousands and thousands of feet. It's a yes. magical just watching it. Yeah, that's that's what that's what happens here. And it's, it's just, it really is magical. And when you're driving and you see one up, you know, you want to just kind of pull over and yeah, yeah. open up the sunroof and just watch it because it is just so amazing, especially when they're that large and that close. Yeah, you barely don't, don't get that close because they're up, because you're right, they're up very high. But, it, but we, but to go back and then we also get owls. We have hooting owls all night long. We hear, you know, <laughs> and you go out and there's, there's trees full of owls and, and um, nests. And so there's lots of wildlife and it's, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's, this, it's a, it's an interesting pocket of the valley because, because we are still, um, it's a very kind of eclectic. The, the, the hills in the area here are, are some of the original owners who have been in the homes here over 60, 65 years are still there. And then you can see that their homes are still kind of the original shape and form of, of what they purchase and then the new homeowners that have come in around the surrounding them have modernized. So you have like an eclectic mix of like very new, you know, sometimes even an art deco look next to an old kind of a ranch style, you know, more rural type of a look. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, does add to the character of, of where you yeah. are because I mean, you're, you're just a few seconds off the main freeway, the massive um, freeway. And right. yet you can't actually hear it. Uh, and that'll be down to the trees um, absorbing the sound and, and baffling the sound. But it is one of the things that we have noticed is that part of um, L.A. or Woodland Hills is, as you say, very rich in different styles. And I think that there are very few two story houses. A lot of them are what we would call bungalows. But basically you have single single level dwellings, which which again makes it more open. You're not feeling claustrophobic. You're not feeling built over. No, but when you, you say it's funny that you mention that because we take a, a daily walk now as part of this exercise routine that we do. And we've noticed that a few of the neighbors have <clears throat> we were watching one construction from the very beginning and didn't have any idea what they were doing. Uh, and they tore down. It, it's a house shaped like a kind of an L shape like ours is. Yep. The front of the house is is kind of horizontal. And then you have this vertical piece coming out, which is the garage. And so we saw that same kind of L shape. You know, it's like a, if you have a hockey stick. Yeah. And you Got put you. the hockey stick, you hold the two, your two hands on the long part and the, and the part that slaps the puck comes towards you, right? So it's that L that way. Mm-hmm. And then you come up from the street and you kind of turn left into the garage. Well, they tore their whole garage down uh, on the front of this house. So it was just the horizontal part. But they left. What was interesting is that the L, that the, that the frame where the car would pull into the garage was still there. So this big, like, um, upside down U as yep. an entrance to a garage was still standing. We said, why in the heck would they tear everything down and leave that part standing? And as we, you know, as each day went by, we noticed more and more they were starting to re, it looked like they were rebuilding the garage. 
And I said, and, and Jack said, well, they must be making it into a, a, must be like not using their garage anymore and just kind of making it into an, an additional room. And then uh, a few days later, we noticed that there was a, a, like an entrance, another, like another front door on this new addition that they put on. And a few days later, we noticed there was a staircase and we said, they are, rebuilding the garage and they're making it load bearing to to have something built on top of it ah. and lo and behold um as the days went by and now they are completely um they've put up all the boards and everything now they, they rebuilt the garage and there is a a door that opens and there's a entranceway into a staircase that leads upstairs and they're building a whole second story on top of their garage. So they were actually tore the garage down to make it load bearing. And there's a whole other room uh, upstairs, which will have a bathroom and a, a bedroom and maybe even, you know, some closet space. So they're either making it a, a like a mother-in-law suite or they're turning their home into like uh, uh, kind of it's like it's it's part of their home, but it's but it's separate because it's a separate entrance in a staircase right. that leads upstairs. So it's almost like, like a duplex in a way. Yeah. So maybe they're building it to, to, to use to make money by renting out the room to somebody. Yeah. It's interesting. You talking about just kind of a brilliant, it's a brilliant idea. Oh, it and, is. It, and it, and the way they've designed it, it's, um, it, it, it flows with the look of the neighborhood. So oh, it's not, like a, it's not disruptive, but we've noticed now on our walks that there seem to be, you know, we you don't really pay attention now. We now we pay attention, and we see that a number of other neighbors have done that. Doing the same so thing. So there's a sprinkling of add-on two stories now, where they were formerly just one story or bungalows. I love the fact you call it a mother-in-law flat. We in the in the UK have a different word. We call them granny flats. Granny flats, sure. <laughs> anyway, look, it, it's been wonderful to have this and a description of of where you are because we are moving to a slightly different style of program. The reason being, there was an announcement made. You're listening to Siren Radio. You're listening at four minutes past four. This is when we're recording the program on uh, 10th of March, 2022. It's American Cousins program we've been doing for something like six years. My dear friend, um, brother from another mother, we keep calling each other's, uh, is Bruce K. Rosenblum. Uh, now, Bruce, there was an announcement yesterday, um, and it's something I've had to keep quiet about for um uh, for a few months, but uh, um, do, do you want to say what I dropped on you yesterday? Um, yeah, I, it's 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 um it's it's a tough one because you know Andrew, we've been doing this show. I, it, it's funny. Um, I know that the 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 university and the radio station are going in a different direction, mm-hmm. and therefore our futures. We'll be going in, a, in, 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 in we'll, we'll be closing, uh, a very significant chapter of our lives and, and, and a new chapter will begin. And I guess that's kind of the best way to put it to our listeners that, um, in the, within the next, after the next few weeks, um, our, our regular chat, uh, in this particular environment will, will not be happening. And, um, you know, it's, it, it you know, things, you know, that's it, what happens, I guess it, um, you know, I've always looked at this as I've always looked at my life in any opportunity I had is I I called it a roller coaster ride Mm -hmm. Um, because it was always fun, you know, taking taking something new. You get on that roller coaster and you take it to its highest height, 
but then you know at some point the coaster has to come down it has you know and and unfortunately um we we are we are <laughs> we we're on the downslope right now that uh, that are are we're going in a different direction so but in doing in doing some research i had no idea because I have so much fun every week with you, and I look so forward <laughs> to doing this, that we've been doing this for almost six years. I know. I couldn't started, believe this. Yeah, we started in, um, I think the idea was hatched in April of 2016 at the BEA conference in Las Vegas. And we actually went on the air with it, I believe, in July. And it was originally just you and I chatting about Brexit and the, the upcoming presidential election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Indeed. And and then after that, we said, we enjoy doing it so much. We said, how do we continue this? And we changed the name from the America, you know, the presidential, the Brexit and presidential election show or whatever it was called to American Cousins, because we realized that we had so much in common, despite the fact that we're separated by a continent and 3,000 miles of ocean away. <laughs> and um, so we called you. You came up with a, the brilliant name of American Cousins. And I think um at that point, we, we became related in some way, shape, or form, not just cousins, but, you know, felt more like brothers. But yeah. um, I, 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 I don't know what you saw in, in my ability when we had that breakfast meeting in Las Vegas when you said, how about, you know, you just commenting on the world of politics and what's going on in the country? And I said, well, I've never been an on-air, never done anything on-air, and I've never have been able to articulate articulate my my political feelings in a way that would be fair fair and balanced that's funny coming from a liberal democrat <laughs> and, and you said no 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 just just be yourself and just you know don't worry about it it'll it'll flow and so and that's what happened so almost six years and probably almost 300 radio broadcasts or episodes or podcasts whatever we want to call them later here we are and it's Jeez. just gone so fast and during that time, and I know I've said this before, and I probably say it every Christmas when I wish you a happy New Year and a and a Merry Christmas, but I really mean this. You were you're 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 more than a friend, you're, and you're more than a brother. You're 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 my mentor. You're somebody I could you know vent on and with. Um, you taught me uh, how to do this and how to feel comfortable doing it. Um, we've created a, a a a chemistry which I think is really cool. And when you stop to think about all the things that we've talked about over the years from from Brexit to Trump and Hillary and the presidency to our medical conditions and our termite problems <laughs> and the and the things that we experienced as kids and the and the experiences we we had as um, executives or and teachers and, and and with students and trying to always share the the most positive and the best of ourselves and our experiences with with our listeners i mean when we when we were when we ended up winning two not just one but two edward r murrow awards for doing what we do and having so much fun with i mean it's been it's been a great ride it's been a great ride and and when you said you had some some news that you didn't really know how to share with me the other night i, I said you know it, it it's not don't worry about it. I mean, I had a great ride at Warner Brothers, and that came to an end. And I, I mean, I know how to exit off the roller coaster. And we'll be fine, and you'll be fine. You are one of the most, um, probably one of the most unusual people I've ever met because you see things very clearly. 
you and, and I may be totally wrong about this, and Deb might argue with me on this, but you seem to have a very calm demeanor that you 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 kind of have a, a great ability to listen and process, and then and then say the right thing and 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 then, and then do the right thing, and and that's it's so unique. And on top of that, I, I, you're a visionary and an innovator, and I say that because you know nobody nobody is doing what we do. I mean, how you envision this happening and how we were able, and how you were able to help pull it off is amazing to me. And just using simple Skype technology and making it sound like we're in the same room together and then feeding off of each other's thoughts. You know, when I'm done, when I, and I tend to go on and on and on, you know that. And our, and our listeners know that. No comment at all on that one. You, you know, you know when to come in and cut me off. You know when to transition. And, uh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, it's funny. I have a friend who um, was with a company um, for many, many years and just was in, is in kind of the same position as looking to start a new chapter of his life. And they've asked him to do a, a, a podcast, which and I and I and it's like, hey, you need help with a podcast. I'm your guy. You know, yeah. you want to do a radio broadcast. I've been doing this for six years. I can tell you all the things you need to know. And I and I say that with confidence because you taught me all the things I need to know. Uh, the chairman of Warner Brothers told me once, uh, Bob Daly, he said, when one chapter of your life closes, another one opens. And don't look back. Don't have any regrets. Move forward. And and he was right. I mean, when my chapter at Warner Brothers closed, the new one opened and it was you. You were in the you were there greeting me to begin the new chapter. And that's been a beautiful six run, six year friendship and run on, on the air with you. And and uh, and, and so I, I know that uh, a beautiful new chapter in your life will open. And like I said, I just hope there's a couple of pages in it for me because uh, I would love to kind of go along for that ride and see where, where, where things go. Bruce, thank you very much indeed for that. Yes, things do. And, and the thing I always want is something to carry on developing, carrying on blossoming. And if it does change flavor and texture, then so be it. And it is the right time for me, certainly, um, to decide, okay, I want to move to a different place. Um, it's, it has been fantastic. It is not the end. We have another couple of editions of American Cousins. I'm not leaving until the end of the month. And then uh, I am thinking of ways of using what we have developed over the six years, but particularly over the last two years, as the pandemic has taught us a new way of being community, a new way of being together. And I would really hope that you would carry on being part of this in some way or other. And all I can say is um, if people just remember our names, Andrew David, Bruce K. Rosenblum and American Cousins, and keep doing uh, searches because Eventually, later on this year, I'm sure, because I want a bit of a break. I want a little bit of a holiday, a little stepping back is stepping back and stopping for a while. Uh, but there will be stuff coming out later. And I'd really love you to be part of it. And who knows where it's going to take us on not just a couple of pages, Bruce. There's a whole ring binder. And we just keep the thing about a ring binder is that it's not bound. You can keep adding pages to it. So I see this as the next bit of a ring binder. Maybe there's just a, a new one of those colourful tab things, and we just put a new one in. But hey, I'd love you to be part of the new bit. And, uh, and, and the man cave, there's a lot, always a light on in the man cave for you, you Andrew. You know that, um, and I'm, I'm here for 
whatever it is you need, um, you've got my total support and uh, undying gratitude. And, um, you know, if, if you need me to be a part of, of something you want to do, I'm, I'm there. Uh, and I'm sure the listeners saying exactly the same. They want to keep hearing the perspective you have brought by bringing us uh, just a taste of what the other sort of America is that's not the one that's encapsulated in news bulletins and things like that. So, Bruce, can I say really, really big thank you. We have a show next week. We'll be maybe going back to the same or maybe doing more wildlife discussions. Uh, and listen, you, know, you know, yesterday um, in uh, in tribute to you, we went to one of your favorite places. Oh, <laughs> don't tell me the fish and chip shop down on the beach. Yeah, we, we went uh, we went to the Paradise Beach Cafe and had the probably the, one of the most wonderful breakfasts we've ever had and made a, a, a decision to actually venture out. And we're going to do something we haven't done in three years. We're going to go on a vacation. <laughs> we're, we're going to get away for about eight days. And um, I'll give you a hint. We um, we celebrated with uh, macadamia nut and coconut pancakes. Ah. Which, is off, which is off, which is not part of my new diet, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> Living <laughs> dangerously. So you probably have an idea where we might be going. Yeah. Uh, Watch this space. Tro- somewhere tropical. Uh, in May we're going to do it. But um, we we took the walk along the beach, but we we went a different way. Usually we when you come out of that that restaurant, you go to the there's a, a cove. You kind of yep. walk around where all the beach houses are. But this time we went to the right where all the rock rocky part is. Oh, fantastic. Walked about a mile up the beach, and it was the most incredible beach. And the tide was you could see, the tide was way low and you could see all the tide all the tide pools and the sea anemones and and Gorgeous. all the I mean, we saw a part of um, nature that we had never seen down there before and it was really beautiful and um, I, 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 I we were just um, we were we were talking about you um, we went with another a couple of a friend of mine who I've known my whole life uh, from since since grade school. And we were talking about you and, 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 and we've all, we've all, you know, talking about the situation and moving on and all that. And we've all had that experience and we shared it and we, we toasted you and, and, um, hopefully your ears were burning a little bit because uh-huh. you, were, you were with us on that walk at the beach, but we, we went down there because, um, it, it's such a, it's such a good place to kind of go and clear your head and just enjoy Fantastic. the scene. So that's what we did. Super. Thank you very much indeed for uh, for telling me about that. I'm now incredibly delish, uh, jealous and I'm, I'm now craving fish and chips for supper, but um, I don't think I'm going to have them. We have to call it a day there. Can we call you next week for another chat, Bruce? Of course. Uh, I'm always here for you, Andrew. You know that uh, the light will be on and hopefully I'll be home. <laughs>